0: As Jesus left and was going out of the temple, his disciples came up and called his attention to its buildings. He replied to them, Do you see all these things? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. While Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and it will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in very various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted, and they will kill you. You'll be hated by all nations because of my name. The many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, because lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Uh, This is our gospel text for this coming Sunday as we're continuing our look at Revelation. And uh, it's one of those texts that we don't necessarily get all that often uh, for us, even though I think at the end of the the church year, as as we deal with a lot of the end times stuff in the church year, is when we'll get uh, this section out of Matthew 24. And it's an interesting section because first you have the the disciples they're they're praising the temple they're praising the things that have been built these things that, that we can look at that we can touch, that we can smell that we can, you know, all this stuff and they're like, isn't this great? look what we've done, Jesus look what we've done, isn't it great? and Jesus says, no, actually it's not so great you see all this stuff? it's toast, it's done it's gone and so they have to be a little disturbed because, well, the the temple was a sign of God's blessing. The temple was a sign of the revival of the nation of Israel. The temple was the sign of God's presence with them. It, it would be the understanding. It, it was the place in which uh, The the first temple built by Solomon was where his name was to dwell. Not that, that the temple could hold God, but that it was the place where God's name was to dwell, that you would know the place in which you were to go to know that God was present there. How often it is, church, that we build our great buildings, right? Or we build these great programs, or we do these amazing things, And we want to say to Jesus or to God, look what we did. Isn't it great? Isn't it awesome? And I wonder how often we need to have Jesus come to us and say, no, actually, no, not really. These things aren't long for the world. These buildings, these programs, all this stuff. It's great, but don't place your hope in it because something else is coming. And then they approach him right on the Mount of Olives, and they want to know, when is this going to happen? Is this like tomorrow? Is this in our lifetime? Is it a 100 years from now? Thousand? years? When is this going to happen? And then he gives us this stern warning. Watch out that no one deceives you. Watch out that no one comes to you pretending to be a savior pretending to be something else to become that temple for you that thing that gets built that we can look at that we can touch that we can smell that we can hear that we can do all these things and glory in apart from Christ these, these, these ones that stand up as modern day saviors for us how many of us have that? look at our politics look at maybe who you voted for or you didn't vote for. Look at our news media, look at look at all these things, all these little saviors that we create for ourselves. And then when they lose an election or they stumble and fall because of sin or whatnot, we, we reach despair. These, these things that we tend to try and make our modern day savior that are gonna save us that are going to give us whatever it is that we want to, where salvation has become our own personal uh, journey towards satisfaction, whatever whatever it might be. Never realizing that the Messiah comes to redeem us from a sinful world that has bought us, that has caused us to craft all sorts of temples, all sorts of messiahs, all sorts of saviors. And here, then, he, he warns of these things. You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars during a time of peace, during the Pax Romana, where Rome was so powerful that uh, that no one had to worry necessarily about any sort of wars. So that you are not alarmed because these things must take place. But the, See that you are not alarmed because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. Then it says, nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Why? Because kingdoms exist to fight one another. A kingdom creates borders, puts up walls, puts up a castle, all these things. Why? To defend itself from other kingdoms. Because those other kingdoms are going to want what that kingdom has, and that kingdom's going to want what those other kingdoms have. It's, it's why I always talk about how we are kingdom makers. We craft our own kingdom. That We try to make ourselves king, and then we fight with one another. That's our sin. That's our sin nature working in us, that we that we fight one another because we don't like what it is that they are doing or we want what it is that they have. That happens all the time. But here, Jesus is saying, you're gonna see all this stuff happen. There's gonna be famines and earthquakes at various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. I wanna come back to that, that verse there, verse eight. But the famines and earthquakes in various places, showcasing things that are lacking, safety, security, food, uh, reminding us of where those things come from, as we've talked about a billion times now, the provisions that God offers to us, the need that we should have for God, for what it is that God gifts to us. So the famines being this picture of the fact that God gives and He takes away, and famines being a reality of us being not in control. And then earthquakes being things, they come upon us suddenly. They cause us to lose our footing. They cause us to, to realize that we think we are perfectly good, perfectly fine, going along in life, and then an earthquake comes and makes us fall. These things that cause us to stumble, to lose our solid footing, our solid ground, our foundation. What earthquakes have come into your life to cause you to lose that foundation that is Christ? Then they will hand you over to be persecuted, and they will kill you. You'll be hated by all nations because of my name. We in the West don't really think about this. We tend to see persecution as this, you know, wearing of masks or not having Christmas on cups at Starbucks or whatever. Silly things that uh, in some ways, yes, they're, they're troublesome, but at the same time, they're not persecutions. When we're looking at what's going to be happening to the church in Afghanistan, for instance or what has been happening to the church in Egypt, Coptic Church, or uh, elsewhere around the world, where our fellow brothers and sisters face death, annihilation, slaughter, day in, day out. And we sit here in the comfort uh, of, of our church buildings, having the freedom to be able to worship and realizing that someday soon it's going to come to us too. That should frighten us, but at the same time, Maybe we should be joyous about it because we know that the end is coming then, that Christ is coming. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Boy, we're doing that today, right? Hating one another, betraying one another, because we don't fit into the particular political uh, viewpoints that we think we should. It doesn't matter the side, left, right, center, whatever. We hate one another for it. We can't just sit down and poke fun at each other and still enjoy each other and love each other's company. No, we've figured out ways to hate ourselves. We we invent new ways to hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. That fits in with the creation of different messiahs, right? The ones that say, oh, just follow me. Just vote for me. Just do uh, what it is that I do and things are going to be perfect and then they turn out not to be. Because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. Haven't we seen that? We see that even in the church right now. And I wonder, has our love for one another grown cold? Has our love for Christ grown cold? Has our love for gathering together for the church, our love for the scriptures, our love for the liturgy, our love for the table, has that grown cold? And in the midst of this pandemic, having it being denied to us, should it not be burning hot, wanting it? But the one who endures to the end will be saved, and then this is that good news of the kingdom, we proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This good news of the fact that salvation is there, that salvation is tied to an enduring faith, of knowing that through it all there is one Messiah the Chosen One, the Anointed One, Jesus Christ, through all earthquakes, wars, famines, what not. He is coming for us. He is with us now. And we need to have the Spirit work in us to open our eyes and our hearts that we might see and know it to be true. I said I wanted to come back to verse eight. All these events are the beginning of labor pains labor pains being, of course, (laughs) birth. How much does that fit in to the reality of what the Christian life is about? We always make the Christian life about enlightenment, about learning, about education. We're obsessed with discipleship, which we should be. We should be discipling one another. It it becomes a, a place of teaching, of growth, of understanding. But then we lose reality of the new birth we lose the reality of life out of death we lose the reality of death and resurrection we lose the reality of John 3 telling us that we must be born again or born from above or born anew whatever translation you want to use that it tells the scriptures tell us that Christ has come to make all things new. He's come to make a new creation, that he speaks to us about old wineskins and new wine, saying you can't put new wine into old wineskins. You can't put faith. You can't put the love of God. You can't put uh, this, this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that all your sins are forgiven you and that death has no hold on you anymore and that you have life in his name and that because he lives, you will live also. We can't put those things into the old man, the old woman. But instead, you need to put new wine into new wineskins. Oh, church, are we losing something when we don't realize the necessity of that new birth? Praying that God would continue to do that. In the Lutheran church, we understand this new birth uh, is tied to our baptism. But how often we forget that. How often we just see our baptism as this nice little party thing. We, we like the kids and then we move on instead realizing that this new birth in Christ is a daily reminder of our own death and resurrection in him. That we die, we decrease, he increases, he raises us to new life because we are his and he is ours. I pray that might be so this week. Well, just a reminder that we have our fiesta party coming up. Uh, for the Grace Center uh, Rededication Ceremony. Keep that on your calendar this Sunday at 6 o'clock. Hopefully we'll see you there, bring, bring some friends. Uh, but otherwise, uh, let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant we beseech thee that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises the merits of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace through the Lord. We'll see you again later.